All right, there we go. Time to grab your board and climb onto the uh, <laughs> climb onto something because the sales pipeline's coming at you here. I'm all screwed up here with Matt Hines this morning. It's, been, it's one of it's it's one of those weeks, Paul. It I think is. It's, it's, you know, I uh, I spent the last couple of days in Las Vegas at the CEB Sales and Marketing Summit. You may hear it in my voice. I don't think I'm sick. I just think I've been at a conference for three days yes, yes. speaking. So uh, flew back to Seattle this morning. Took an hour and a half to drive from the airport back up to Redmond. Just uh, you know what. Live radio, you just never know, right? You never know, and and I think that uh, it's something in the air. I think today here, so we'll we'll hope that you're gonna you're gonna turn it around right now. We're gonna turn it around. We've got an amazing guest today. I am super excited and humbled to have uh, our guest with us today. I do have to say though, um, you know, we always t- tell people, hey, listen, this is Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week live at eleven thirty Pacific, two thirty Eastern. Uh, you can catch us on our podcast. We are always available everywhere. Find podcasts are available. Google Play, iTunes Store, every past episode. Of, of Sales Pipeline Radio is available at salespipelineradio.com. And we, every week, are featuring insights and uh, interviews with some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. And when I give that spiel, Paul, at the beginning of every episode, I always wonder, like, okay, we get a, our, our subscriber numbers have been just just unbelievable. I'm just so, so just, I can't believe. I I'm, see it. Every time I look on, there's new people joining in or signing fantastic. up. I had someone from Gartner tell me this week, so CEB is now owned by Gartner, someone literally said um, that a member of her marketing team gets upset when she schedules meetings at 1130. <laughs> of course. On Thursday, because she's listening to us live. Yeah. Well, I, in fact, that's, uh, I don't know whether you saw it, but the uh, the uh, the um, um, output numbers were down for the country as a whole. Business output was down because for a half hour, everybody's listening to the show now here. Well, basically, all I want to do is I want to say, Emily, thank you. If you're since you're probably listening live, Emily, this show is for you. Thank this you so for much you. for listening live, and for everyone that joins us, whether you're live or on demand. I want to get right into our guest today. We we have been I've just we've been so blessed to have so many amazing people come and join us on the show, and today is no exception. Today we have the Wizard of Moz, the founder of Moz, one of the smartest guys uh, in the country, in the world on the on all issues of SEO and content marketing. Rand Fishkin joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. Rand, thank you so much for taking time to join us. My pleasure. Glad to be here, guys. So I've had the I've had the opportunity to see Rand speak a number of times, read a lot of his great content. Uh, very uh, very knowledgeable guy. Stays on the pulse of what's working in content marketing and SEO. Maybe let's just start there, Rand. I mean, you've been in this space a long time. You've seen SEO evolve uh, in a number of different ways. Where are we today with SEO in terms of what it represents and where it where its place sits in the B two B marketing mix? Yeah, well, in B two B marketing, I think SEO is still the primary channel because b2b marketing it tends to be the case that you are very often serving an audience that's seeking out uh, your product for the first time or they're investigating options and competitors uh, and therefore searches where they turn so when people go to google um, especially when they're trying to learn about a practice or a product or a space uh, ranking in the organic results is absolutely one of the best things that you can do for your business. And, you know, I think that we've long surmised that maybe something will be the death of search, right? Maybe it'll be social media. Maybe it would be mobile, uh, the mobile web, right? And that that, that would kill it. Um, or maybe it would be voice search. And so far, none of these things have proven true. So we, we do a bunch of analysis at Moz um, of clickstream data from providers like Dumpshot and, and others and similar web. 
and basically search uh, has continued to grow the share of B2B sites in particular who get traffic um, from Google, uh, that that percentage of the traffic that they get from sources, Google has continued to go up, even though it's been dominant for you know a decade plus. It's keep, it keeps going up. So, yeah, SEO is that's kind of where it's at. I completely agree, uh, and I think you know it's. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the investment it takes to really not just sort of rank and you know, and and get good content going, but what kind of impact that can have. Uh, and and when we think about sort of buying journeys, we think about sales process, and if we break that up into sort of discovery phases at the beginning of the sales process, uh, evaluation phases in the middle, and then sort of justify the decision at the end. Uh, there's been plenty of research by a number of different people, including CEB and Gartner, that indicate that. Not only the supplier website is one of the top sources of information, but people continue to go to search. People continue to go to Google and search for topics yeah. at the end of the sales process. So this is not just about getting discovered as part of the consideration set. This isn't just about educating new customers. It, search has a vital role for B2B buyers at every stage. It, it, it really does. Well, and, you know, when you think about search, right, there's there's paid search and there's organic search. And, uh Paid search is essentially, you know, the ad results up at the top that you see. They're labeled with a, a little, you know, ad from Google. They're barely noticeable, but they still get uh, most of the clicks. Oh, sorry, they still get um, about 2% of the clicks, about the, the, the same percent that they were getting, you know, even when they were clear, much more clearly labeled as ads. Uh, the, the frustrating part, I think, for a lot of organizations is that, you know, if you if you play in search and you're spending on PPC, on AdWords, right, you, that budget is um, extremely high for a lot of folks because B2B keywords tend to be very expensive. There's a lot of people bidding in most of the competitive spaces, and the, the click-through rates are, you know, 1% to 2%, which is okay, uh, but then the conversion rates drop from there, and so you're just paying an incredible sum of money to Google to get this traffic when, you know, the organic results are sitting right below, they get about 10 to 20 times the amount of clicks that the paid search results do. So, you know, 1% to 2% click-through rate versus a 20 to 40% click-through rate. And uh, they don't cost anything. I mean, not per click anyway, right? It's, an, it, it's effort that you put in. It's energy you put in. It's, um, you know, sometimes you need consultants or agencies or an in-house person doing that work, but man, if you can bring that cost down, it, it's transformative for your, you know, CLTV to CAC ratio. Yeah, but I want to talk a little bit about investment and ROI of of, it, of doing SEO work and really the content behind it. Uh, talking with Rand Fishkin, who is the founder of Moz and is the Wizard of Moz, one of the one of the one of the preeminent SEO uh, experts uh, in the country here on Sales Pipeline Radio. I think if someone comes to you and says, "Listen, I need to get some traffic and some leads off of Google right now," you're kind of stuck with having to pay the tax of the ads. But you know, if you start yeah. to create good content, good, meaningful, relevant content that matches kind of what people are selling or what people are searching for, over time, you can start to earn that traffic and that become, you get a little bit of an annuity there. You know, you've got these people that are, you know, it's kind of like a river where, you know, if you're ranking, you're able to continue to get that without that ongoing per click fee. Talk a little bit about the investment required though. I think, cause I think there's still, you know, still a lot of people assume <laughs> I'm going to put up a blog post and it's going to start flowing right away. What does it take? Oh, yeah, no, that, that's right. You just have to use the right meta tag. 
uh, and then stuff your keyword into the title 25 times. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. It's not, uh, it's not 1997 anymore, so that, that stuff doesn't work. Um, yeah, it is, a, it is a serious investment. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a bunch of elements that go into it. I, I'll just talk about a few of the core pieces that Google considers. And I think that'll help folks kind of get a grasp of like, oh, that's what it takes to do SEO. So you mentioned the relevance of the content. That is important. So Google has very, very sophisticated uh, algorithms and um, um, pattern matching systems to be able, and natural language processing systems to be able to read content, not not quite like a human being can, but almost like so close that it's getting scary. And that means that content that is written in such a way that it grabs the attention of the reader, that it takes them down a path and tells us a great story in addition to providing great information and it serves them in the way that they're seeking and maybe even surprises them and engages them, uh, that type of content will tend to outperform the, hey, I made good relevant content that uses keywords. Why aren't I ranking? And it's that it's the difference between, you know, something that is exceptional and truly engages readers uh, and searchers versus something that merely provides good, relevant information. Um, the second piece is uh, keywords still do matter. So whatever someone types into the search bar, that is the, the keyword or what SEO is called a keyword. And that query string, using it in your title and your headlines uh, does still matter and is still important and is certainly recommended, but it's not, it's not the only thing. Next piece is links. So uh, Many links from that are editorially given, meaning you didn't pay for them, you didn't have to, you know, cajole them or violate any FTC guidelines. Sorry, FCC guidelines to get them, and that they come from a diverse set of other domains, and hopefully they contain the keyword or the query when they link to you, um, and even more, hopefully they actually link to the page that you want to rank, not just you know your homepage or some other page on your website. Uh, and then the fourth piece is, is user signals. This is something that's grown dramatically over the last couple of years. But essentially, when we're talking about user signals, we're, we're talking about pogo sticking um, a lot. And that is essentially someone performs a search. So, you know, Paul, you, you do a search. You um, uh, click on result number three from, uh, I, I don't know, randfishkin.com. And, and you get to randfishkin.com, and it loads kind of slow. And then it has a little pop-up overlay that says, like, Enter your email address for a chance to win, and you close that, and you think, you know what? This site is a bunch of garbage. Like they're already asking me for my email. I haven't even gotten any value. I'm clicking the back button, and within you know three or four seconds, you click the back button, and you choose another result in Google, maybe the number seven result. If Google sees that pattern over time quite a bit as it relates to Ranfishkin.com, they're going to push me down in the rankings and push someone else up. So those user signals matter a lot. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's not just, but I think those four are pretty core. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really, really helpful, and I think that that last one is really important. I think people figure when they get that traffic, um, you know, let's get them converted right away, and that may work for a temporary no. period of time, but not going to last. 
You know, I think I really yeah, appreciate you sharing all that level of detail. I think you know one thing you are well known for, Rand, is just the the generosity and the openness you to just sharing ideas. And you know, I think there's probably a lot of people that don't know you necessarily as the founder of Moz or formerly SEO Moz, but a lot of people know you as the Whiteboard Friday guy. Uh, your videos have just taken on a life of their own. Um, I'm always I'm always impressed at the depth. I'm impressed that you continue to do them on a regular basis. Can you talk a little bit about how those started um, and what that has become as a sort of as a marketing channel for Moz and as a, and as a channel and forum for you? Oh, sure. Yeah, so Whiteboard Friday is this, this weekly video series that basically covers usually SEO and web marketing topics. Um, they're about 10 minutes in length. And they started because we had got a video camera. This is, gosh, 2007, so you know, a decade ago now. Um, and I was explaining a concept to one of my colleagues on the whiteboard, and he said, hang on, I'll grab the camera, we'll film it, we'll put it on the blog. It was an informal kind of thing. Uh, it, you're not going to believe this. That post and, and the next few videos that we did, they were the worst performing posts every week for six months. The worst performing posts that we had on the blog were always the videos. Yeah. The quality was bad. The engagement was low. People, you know, they, they did okay, but they didn't do great. We stuck with them because we thought we could get better at it and because we liked the format and we were passionate about trying it and trying to get that. Today, Whiteboard Friday is consistently, and for the last you know, six years probably, Whiteboard Friday is consistently the best, most engaging you know, um, content that we get. It is the number one piece of content when we measure how content performs in our free trial funnel. So as a software as a service business right, has a free trial. And if you look at people who've taken the free trial and what content they visited prior to taking a free trial, Whiteboard Friday is, you know, number one or number two. So, you know, it's like a lot of things in SEO and content. You stick with it, you improve, you get better, the results improve too. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good example of just needing to stick with it and give some of this content time, not only to not only to sort of rank and sort of marinate, but also to get better. I mean, a lot of things we start, a lot of things anybody start, you know, you know, the, the, the kernel of something is there and is you've continued to sort of hone the format and how you use the whiteboard and sort of even sort of, you know, props and a lot of other really cool things you guys do. Uh, it's, it's definitely been, I think, just an amazing example to a lot of other marketers of what good content could be. We're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, we got to pay some bills, uh, run a couple commercials. We'll be back. We're going to talk a little more with Rand Fishkin, who's the Wizard of Moz, the uh, founder of Moz. And we're going to talk a little bit of, a little bit more about content marketing SEO. We're also going to talk about Rand, the leader. Um, he's done some really fascinating things uh, as he's evolved uh, his role uh, and, the, and the work he's done at Moz. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. Struggling to align your sales and marketing teams? Maybe you're attempting to implement an ABM strategy in your organization, or your content is underperforming. Whatever the challenge, Heinz Marketing has some great on-demand workshops to help. All of them are fully online and on-demand, so you can access the content whenever you want. You will also receive an interactive workbook, the presentation slides, and templates, all for $195. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and get started now. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity or a blueprint for a guide to what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at (laughs) HeinzMarketing.com. 
All right, then rush right back because we've got uh, the um, Wizard of Oz and the Wizard of Moz here going through uh, <laughs> SEO. I got a question for you guys here. We're talking about SEO. Yeah. We talk about the power of keeping people on the site longer. Is that still a metric that Google looks at in ranking search engine optimization? Because the theory is audio keeps you on for 20, 30 minutes. A video keeps you on for five minutes or 10 minutes. Is that important, how long people stay on the site? Grant, what do you got on that? Sort of. <laughs> it, it sort of matters. Um, so it's basically in relation to other things. So let's say, for example, that someone visited your site directly and spent a long time there, um, and they were using Google Chrome, and you have Google Analytics, and you know they have the Google Toolbar installed, so you know Google's getting the data. Does that help your rankings at all? No, probably not. In, in fact, almost certainly not. But if, for example, someone performs a search query... Uh, in Google search engine, and then they click on your website, and they spend a considerable amount of time, and they browse around, and they don't go back to Google until they, you know, their next search, which has nothing to do with whatever you are providing, and you take them all the way through their journey and accomplish their task. That will be very positive. So it's not, it's not really about time on site. It's about searcher task accomplishment. You help the searcher accomplish their task. Google will reward you for that. Sometimes that task can be accomplished. I mean, think about like dictionary.com. They can accomplish the searcher's task in 10 seconds. So they don't need to keep people on the site any longer to prove to Google that they've done their job, right? They, they can show that in a very short amount of time. So it's really, a, it's very relative. Yeah, it's just, I think like a lot of things in SEO, there isn't one silver bullet. It's a lot of things working together. We got Rand Fishton today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Rand, it is like if they, I'm going to try to summarize a little bit of Rand because you have been on quite a journey. Uh, local Seattle guy, went to the University of Washington. You were the intramural football team captain, which is very impressive. You what? Dropped- How did you find that? Oh, you can look at LinkedIn profiles. Tell us a lot of things, right? You dropped out with two classes to go, and then you started SEO Moth. Uh, and you know, I think along the way, um, you have, I mean, obviously, you know, Moz has become a standard in the SEO field. You co-founded Inbound.org uh, with the co-founders of, of HubSpot. Uh, you are a mustache aficionado. This, this, this journey has been fascinating. It's been fun to watch your growth over the, over the last several years. One of the things that's also impressed me is that your, is your transparency. You are known for writing very in-depth pieces on your journey, uh, including you know your path to get funding, uh, your decision to hand off the reins. Why is that transparency sort of, as a leader, as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, why has that been so important to you? Yeah, I. Um, so I think you guys know I, I just uh, finished writing a book called Lost and Founder, um, which doesn't come out until till the middle of next year, but is also very transparent. And, and I, I spent a bunch of time at the start of it describing exactly that. Like, why, why be so transparent? Why does that matter so much? My publisher was sort of interested in that, too. Um, and a big part of that for me is that, you know, growing up and, and early, very early in my career, I did things the other way, right? Um, there was just a lot of, you know, it wasn't terrible stuff, right? But a lot of stuff between... You know, my parents and family members of, hey, don't tell your dad we did this. Hey, don't tell your mom we went here. You know, hey, don't tell the guy at the grocery store that, you know, you're seven because if you're on, if you're six and under, we get this for free, that kind of stuff. And I, I think I just reacted really, really poorly to all of that. Um, and so since then, I've, I've had this, 
I don't know what you want to call it, addiction. Addiction, this, this need to share, right, to get things out, especially the most embarrassing things and the most, you know, the, the hardest things, which is why I talk about, you know, topics like anxiety and, and depression and, you know, failures that Maz has had, because I think that stuff um, shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be well, shameful. It should be part of the conversation. Well, I think we get some of our best lessons from our failures. I think, and, and I think when we yeah. look at others around us, it's easy to see other people's five percent. You know, we go on Facebook, we go on Instagram. I mean, even as as business owners, I mean, I, you and I both, I, I know many times where I got the question, "Oh, how's business going?" And our default answer oftentimes, "Oh, it's going great." But like, where I really want to say is, "Well, here's all the, you know, the you know what that I'm actually dealing with and yeah. shooting glass on back here." So I think be having that level of transparency, it's 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 not only I think it sounds like a little bit cathartic for you, but also I know very helpful for others that are going through a similar journey. Um, you know, you just you know about what, almost four years ago, you kind of gave up the reins. I mean, you started the business, you ran the business, you were the CEO, uh, and you know your longtime COO Sarah Bird, you handed off the reins. Was that a difficult decision for you? Has it been difficult to see someone else day to day managing what is your baby? Oh sure, yeah. No, I think that um, I think that's a really tough thing. And it was, let's see. I want to say it was a, a tough thing to do, but an easy decision in the moment. You know, four years mm-hmm. ago, because I was I was having a lot of mental and emotional um, struggles, and I don't think that that's a healthy thing for the leader of a company, especially a you know a software startup that has investors and and employees with stock options and. You know, all those people have expectations about what the business is going to do. And I felt, I think I still do. I, I feel very proud of the, you know, the seven years that I ran Moz and the CEO and the growth that we experienced. I think we built a, you know, a great place to work and, and a great company and, um, and a mediocre product, but, uh, but one that, you know, in that, in that space, there were no products. And so even mediocre was better than nothing. Um, for a long time, and now, now I think there's significant competition, um, and and the products you know, have got to improve, uh, and that's a good thing. But yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. It remains hard. Um, you, you guys know that I'm leaving. I'll be leaving Moz um, next year. Yeah, our, our CEO Sarah wrote a wrote a post um, announcing that this summer, and. Yeah, so I want to, yeah, I, so I want to talk about a little bit of what's next for you. So first I want to talk about, um, you know, you guys have done, I mean, Moz continues to grow in, in its utility and its importance for marketers. And yeah. one of the, one of the tools that you guys, I think this is, I mean, either this is a newer tool or maybe it's newer to me that I just discovered is, is the keyword explorer. Um, and I think this yeah. is particularly important for folks that want to take better advantage of everything we talked about in the first half of the show around, you know, coming, you know, better aligning with what people are talking about what they're asking about just you know in a couple minutes you know just quickly summarize what is the keyword explorer and why why should people be using this and by the way if you're listening and want to check this out while he's answering you can go to moz.com slash explorer and check this great tool out yeah um well thanks for the mention of, of, of moz explorer so actually keyword explorer is the um sort of the last product uh that i worked on i got to design it with sort of this ragtag team at moz which was really fun it was um it was like a few engineers and product people that other teams, um, in some cases, didn't want, but in other cases, just you know, were were sort of extraneous to their next projects. And I was like, "Give them to me! Give them to me! I'll make a new thing." Um, so I'm I'm really excited that we sort of, you know, put this uh, '80s movie montage team together and then and then built Keyword Explorer. But the idea behind it is, 
I wanted a keyword research tool that would allow you to search for a topic or, or anything in your space and see all the keywords from all kinds of different sources um, along with their with truly accurate volume scores, um, accurate difficulty, like how hard is it going to be to rank, and then accurate click-through rate numbers, meaning what percent of the searchers are likely to click on the organic results for this search. And so Keyword Explorer tries to take those three metrics, which a lot of professional SEOs tried to build on their own in Excel spreadsheets or Google Docs, um, and, and synthesize those into lists that you can create of your own keywords that matter to you, and then you can prioritize those and say, like, okay, here we go. This one has a lot of volume, but it's going to be really hard to rank, and few people click on the organic results. So actually, let's go after this other keyword, which is not nearly as competitive, doesn't have as much volume, but we, we think we can get a lot more traffic much easier for that one. That's great. Definitely check this out, moz.com slash explorers. We definitely run out of time, but I just real quick in like 20 seconds, uh, you know, if you want to check out more about Rand, you can definitely go to moz.com, check out the blog. You'll get the white whiteboard Friday. And I, I know that the, the book is, you know, is a couple months out. You know, pre-orders aren't available yet. Um, so we don't have some people to place to send people yet for the book, but they can definitely, I'm sure you'll be talking about it on the blog and through Moz's uh, social channels. Talk, just in a couple seconds, just what's the book about and what should we be looking forward to? Yeah, so the book takes the position that a lot of the traditional Silicon Valley startup advice is actually broken and wrong um, and can take you on the wrong path. And I, I tell that story through Moz's journey and then show a bunch of examples of maybe some alternatives to consider. Yep, awesome. Thank you very much. All right, we are out of time. Paul is giving me all kinds of signals on the other side of the studio, so we are going to cut. We are going to have to move on. We really appreciate everything that we've gotten today from Rand Fishkin, the Wizard of Moz, uh, just a great human being, great marketer, super as you can tell, very generous and very uh, knowledgeable guy. So thank you so much, Rand, for joining us. If you want to share this episode with some of your other colleagues, make sure you get a, you get uh, the full replay at SalesPipelineRadio.com as well as every one of our past episodes and. And in a couple of days, we'll also have a summary of this episode up on our blog at HeinzMarketing.com. Until then and until next Thursday, where we'll be back here live with another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us. Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing, part of the ever-growing list of shows on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.